I am here to offend all of you. There was no preparation, inclination, or forethought whatsoever. How does Satan kill? You just need to stop it. Why are these, why are these people here? Why, why are they here? You've almost made it to the weekend. Give us some men who know the truth. What's going on guys this is Jarrell and you're listening to the no more silence podcast thanks for listening today we're going to be sort of continuing on our famine theme all right the the last two episodes were about preparing for famine making sure you're not wiped out in those seasons of famine making sure that your soul is prepared for suffering, for hardships, for feeling like God is far away. We talked about why it's important for your soul. Why is it important for you to be someone who is prepared for hardships, spiritual famine, for times of feeling weak spiritually, feeling thirsty or hungry spiritually, feeling like you're not being fed, feeling like you're not connecting with God. Those times are what we call a famine. And we looked at how Jesus says that those who don't have roots in their faith, right? If, if you plant a seed and, it, and the seed doesn't take root, when the wind comes or when the troubled things come, the plant withers away and it doesn't grow, it doesn't sustain. Um, Jesus was making that comparison with our soul and that if we don't dig, if we don't plow the ground, if we don't break up the rocky soil in our hearts, if we don't prepare to hear the truth, then we will never take root. And we might, you know, take on what some call a spiritual journey or we might start caring about God and, and, and get a little happy for a, a limited amount of time. But we won't have everlasting life. We won't have faith that perseveres and lasts through tough times and so today still on the theme of famine we're going to look at how joseph's father responded to the famine okay so the last two episodes were about what to do before the famine in order to prepare your soul for those dry times this week we're going to learn about what do we do when things are dry or dead Dead soul, what do you do? Dry soul, what do you do? Weak soul, what do you do? So we're going to be looking at Genesis 42, 1 through 3. And although, again, this is not talking about our souls exactly, there is a principle here that we can learn. So Genesis 42, it says, When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt. He said to his sons, why do you keep looking at each other? Listen, he went on. I have heard there is grain. Some say grain, some say corn, but he says, I have learned or I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we will live and not die. So 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. Now, why is this important? Before Jacob decided to go to Egypt and get some grain, some food, some sustenance in the famine, he had to be aware that 
what he and his family was doing, whatever they were doing, whatever they were spending their time on, it was not working and they were going to die. Whether they were trying to continue to, to work the crops, whether they were trying to go hunting, find some food, find some plants in other places, whatever they were doing, it wasn't working. Jacob had to realize that. And I'm sure it took a lot for him to, to think of the idea of going all the way to Egypt. There's already no food, barely any water. And that's a long journey. You got to walk, take some donkey, some horses, I'm sure. But he recognized what he was doing is not going to work. He'll die. Then he brought his family with him. And he said, guys, stop looking at each other. What are you doing? Stop thinking you'll find what you need in each other. Stop thinking you'll find what you need here. We obviously haven't found it. I heard there's grain in Egypt. So what are we going to do? We're going to go down to Egypt. Now I'm trying to make this point here. Our souls hunger for something. Not anything, not everything, but one thing. We know what that one thing is, but we try to reject it. We try to pretend it's something else or we just need money. We just need peace. We just need a calm life. We just need a big house. We just need all these other things that the world has to offer. And these things are good, but they are not what our soul needs. Our soul needs God. God created this world. He created our soul. He created us. He created everything that we see. And so he knows what is best for us, for our soul. And the best thing that this universe has to offer is God himself. There's nothing better, nothing greater, nothing more beneficial, nothing more necessary, nothing more sufficient than God himself. But we need to recognize that the way we're trying to feed our soul is not working. The way we are trying to survive and maintain and work and search and seek is not working. God alone has what we need to be sustained. And that is eternal life in Jesus. That's what God has to offer us. A true relationship with him. A true life lived the way it was meant to be. And that only happens through Christ. And so when I say we need to go to Egypt and get the grain in Egypt, I'm talking about going to the cross of Jesus Christ, where he died, where he shed his own blood, was punished for things he never did so that you and I can have a relationship, can have a commitment, a covenant with God, the actual creator of this world. He knows us, he loves us, and we get to genuinely fellowship, communicate, hang out, walk with him, but only through Christ. Only through Christ. Now, if you're listening to this, clearly you are alive. So in one sense, you do have life. You're living. And at the same time, you do not have true life. You do not know what it is to live with purpose, to live with true love, to live with true morals, to live with real peace outside of God. We only have our own imagination, our own creativity, our own thinking and philosophies of what life really is, of who we really are. But we don't have life in its truest and most pure 
sense. We don't have that without God. And so, on one hand, we have God offering real life, offering the true way to live, offering real wisdom, offering real salvation from the evil deeds, the lusts, the passions in this world. Think about what causes people to go to war that we're dealing with right now. What causes people to go up and, and, and shoot schools? What causes people to go up and cheat on their wives or to go up and lie, to steal, to murder, to, to, to do all of these things that we consider evil, hurting people, hurting themselves? There are examples of evil and sin everywhere you look. Those all come from our desires, our deepest desires in our heart are against God, against the way he really created us to live. So we have us on one side, wicked, sinful people who go against God, go against the very nature of how we were created. And then we have God extending love, mercy, kindness, justice, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness to us. So how do we get that? Where do, where do those two paths cross? They cross at the cross. Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago. And on that cross, what he did was build a bridge that could bring us and our non-perfect, constantly against its own nature of creation, ourselves, it brings us to a good, perfect, and holy God who's not just there watching, saying, oh, look at you, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, look at you, you can never get yourself right. Oh, look at you, you can never get yourself out of these situations. You're always putting yourself in bad situations. You're always, you know, messing up relationships. He's not looking at us saying all of these things. He's looking at us saying, I made a way for you to live the right way. And so we need to constantly be looking at what Jesus did on the cross to understand everything about our soul and our lives here on earth, especially if you want to consider life after death, right? What happens after we die? If you want any assurance and peace about where am I going when I die? We have to look at what Jesus did on the cross. Now, I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, verses 14 to 18, it's going to explain a little bit more about why Jesus died on a cross, why he came to earth in the first place. So Hebrews 2, 14, well, 13, and Jesus is saying, here I am with the children God gave me, right? Jesus says, here I am with the humans, the, the children of God, the creations of God. God gave them to me. And Jesus was pleased to have us, regular people, as a gift from God. And Jesus says, here I am. I'm here with the children. You gave them to me, God. And since the children have flesh and blood in common, right? Me and you, we both have skin. We both have blood. Jesus also shared in that flesh and blood. So he became a human to share that nature with us. So that through his death, he might destroy 
the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. So through Jesus' death, he destroyed the power of the devil. His death wasn't just some mistake that happened. Oh, they killed some guy who had nice words, who did nice things. No, they killed a man so that he could destroy the devil. And in verse 15, it says, And free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. We fear death. We try to avoid it. We try not to talk about it. We try to prevent it. That's the fear of death. But what Jesus did is destroy the one who holds death. He destroyed the devil. And therefore, in verse 17, it says, Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way. He had to be like us, me and you, in every way. He became a human so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God. So in everything that has to do with God, Jesus became that high priest. And what a high priest is, is basically a bridge. It's a, a mediator, an intercessor between us and God, a middleman. He became that middleman for us and God to make atonement for the sins of the people so that we don't have to pay for our own sin, our own mistakes, our own deeds against God, our thoughts, our feelings that go against God. Jesus made a way so that we don't have to deal with the punishment and the consequences of those sins. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are tempted. Now, I don't know about you, but I know I'm tempted every day. I'm tempted to go against God, to go against what I know is right, to go against what I know is true. I am tempted. But knowing that Jesus became a human so that he could redeem humanity, so that he could redeem all of those who believe in him, so that he could be that bridge between us and God, so that he could share in our temptations and in our sufferings and provide a way out, a way to true life, a way out of the famine, a way out of a hard heart, a stubborn mind, a sinful nature. He gives us a way out. That's what Jesus did. And that's why we need to constantly be looking at the cross and pointing others to the cross. Jacob didn't just go to Egypt for himself to get corn. He sent his family to bring corn for everybody. In the same way, we ourselves are not just looking to the cross to get life for ourselves, but to bring everyone with us. As a dead man who found life pleading with other men and women, hey, listen, there's life here in the cross. Like a starving man who found bread pleading with everyone else in the wrong line, saying, listen, there's, there's bread over here in this line. There's life over here in Christ. Don't look at each other. Don't look at your government. Don't look at this religion and that religion and this way of life and spirituality and, and crystals and moons and stars. and Don't look at all these things. Look to Christ. Only he has provided the way to God. And, you know, that's really what we talk about here in the, the No More Silence podcast. We talk about spirituality, but we talk about it in regards to the truth and God's word, the Bible is the truth, and it points to Christ. All right, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you can share this with your friends. If you know anyone who is struggling with their own soul, with their own way to finding life, you know, I would encourage you to share this podcast with them. 
write me, email me, text me. You know, if you have any questions, ideas about future podcasts, about topics you'd like to hear, questions you might have, things like that. All right. Um, So again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.